Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. All right, Hillary Clinton has become the nominee for the Democratic Party in the States, but I guess it depends on who you ask. Uh, Bernie Sanders can't uh, issue a statement saying they'd like to contest the nomination at the convention in July. Uh, he just will not stop. Is this doing a service or a disservice to the Democrats? And, of course, Donald Trump uh, making uh, no more friends in the Republican Party when he's chastising uh, the judge who's overseeing uh, the case against his university, saying that uh, because the man's background is Mexican, he's biased. And the Republicans are upset about that and trying to get Donald just to sit down on this one. Uh, Blaine Haggard is with us, associate professor in the Department of Political Science, Brock University. He is with us now. Hi, Blaine. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to join us. We appreciate this. So is it time for Bernie to sit down, or is he providing value for the democratic process at this point? Um, well, I, I mean, he still has a lot of supporters, and, um, you know, the, uh, a bunch of states still have to vote. So even in, even though the uh, the race is for all intents and purposes over, you know it's going to be nice for his uh, for his supporters in California and New Jersey and other states to be able to vote you know just one last time uh, for him. So how do so is this good for the democratic process though? Is this good for the Democratic Party uh, or is this just costing Hillary more money? Um, yeah, I think you know the question will depend on what happens uh, what happens over the next few days. I mean, this uh, you know kind of a delegate uh, or sorry a candidate saying uh, you know it's not over till it's over is not unusual. We see this pretty much every time that there's an election like this. Um, so you know one thing that could happen is that uh, you know if uh, Sanders um, if Sanders loses California or New Jersey or like one of the big states tonight, um, and he, there's a good chance he might concede. If he doesn't, if he continues to say we'll fight this to the convention and say that, you know, even though Hillary is ahead on actual votes, on actual pledged delegates, uh, that he's going to try to turn the superdelegates, then there might be a problem. But uh, that's a little ways off yet. Is there a chance that he could do that in July? Well, I mean, if he he can contest it if he wants to, whether it would be successful, it would be uh, practically impossible. He's, he's far behind on pledge delegates, and so his hope would have to be with superdelegates, be kind of like, uh, you know, the party elders, um, who, you know, they're going to stand up in the, and say in July who they're going to vote for. Um, he would have to turn a whole bunch of those, and, you know, a lot of these people, when we talk about it, there's anonymous, uh, you know, regular party workers, but there's also people like Barack Obama, um, and there's people who are going to vote for Hillary Clinton. So it's, it, it would be... Very, very surprising if Sanders was able to turn enough uh, superdelegates in order to actually win. Uh, many have said that, you know, he, he's pushed Hillary a little closer to the left. Is he still influencing policy? Um, I think so, although the, the real test will be what happens uh, when they, they negotiate the campaign platform. Already I was just watching uh, Hillary, uh, an earlier speech of Hillary's um, just this morning, and, you know, she's making the noises about income inequality. So it is very possible that, uh, you know, that, that Hillary will take a, you know, will move a bit more to the left just to keep, uh, you know, Sanders' uh, voters happy. Uh, Sanders complaining that the media shouldn't be uh, declaring uh, nominations this way and should wait for the process. Right or wrong there? Yeah, well, you know, it's... When I saw the Associated Press thing, and then everyone picked up on that, um, you know, they can write whatever they want, of course, but 
it seemed to me to be just kind of a more of a uh, uh, you know kind of a you know trying to get a headline out there and trying trying to get some some hits. I mean, certainly that uh, a lot most super delegates would be in favor of Hillary Clinton, given the fact that she is ahead on uh, on votes and on pledged delegates, and also has very tight ties to a lot of these people. Uh, shouldn't be a surprise, but it would have been um, you know. We can ignore that story or not. I mean, the real story will come probably tonight or, uh, or the next couple of days. I mean, the last uh, the last primary is, I think, in a week from now with Washington, D.C., but, you know, by then we'll have a much clearer picture. When are we going to start to see this campaign change? I guess we already <laughs> have a, a little already because Hillary has already started to, uh, you know, set her sights on, on Donald Trump. But how is this going to change once she is declared the candidate? Uh, yeah, it's uh, when you say it's going to change. I can't imagine what changed since we've already had so many ups and downs on this election. Or how much more? Or how much more worse can it possibly get? Oh, good God! Um, uh, I don't know. Um, it's uh, one of the things I, and you know, just personally, I'm just very curious to see how someone like Hillary Clinton is going to engage someone who is as, as shameless and as kind of untethered from reality as Donald Trump. Um, That's a huge question, Blaine, and I've thought that all along because, yeah. uh, you know, there, there, there's an incredible disconnect between these two. How are they going to bridge this gap to where they can even speak to each other on the same plane? <laughs> um, I, I, well, I think that, uh, that we saw a little bit of what Clinton is uh, planning on doing with her Memorial Day speech, where she essentially calls out the fact that, you know, Trump is kind of creating his own reality and, and going after his, uh, his character. And I mean, that's if you know, if someone's uh, you know, someone's acting like Donald Trump is acting, you know, that's kind of what you'd expect. And um, certainly, uh, her audience need to be quite respect uh, receptive uh, to it. And her uh, that speech to get a lot of uh, a lot of positive play in the media. So that might be the way to uh, to go about that. But you can see it coming. I mean, what's going to happen, Blaine, when you know she when she spouts something off that sounds reasonably intelligent and is totally balanced for her party, and then he just stands there and calls her crooked? I mean, uh, how does she react to that? Um, I imagine you. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I, I hope that her. I, I'm sure her people are thinking about exactly that question. But at the same time, too. You know, we should remember that, uh, you know, and a lot of people have been pointing out that uh, Trump, this is the first time where he's actually been called on a lot of his stuff here, on, on the stuff that he's been saying. So he's going to be uh, facing, you know, a much more kind of, uh, much more questioning uh, uh, press corps and a certainly a much more challenging candidate. Hillary Clinton, just, as a, you know, whatever you think of her policies, she's much, uh, a much more professional politician than anyone Donald Trump ran against in the Republican primary. So that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a, a challenge for him and uh, certainly a plus for uh, Hillary Clinton. They must be taking this seriously now, though, because everybody said all the way along on this journey, well, he'll never get to this point, well, he'll never get to this <laughs> point, well, he'll never get to this point, and now he's there and one step away from the big job. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we just still all waiting for the good faith of the American people to stop this sort of thing, or at what point do we... Wow, we've got to take this seriously. We've got to fight this hard. Yes. Uh, well, one of the things that I'm going to be looking, I, one thing that keeps me, uh, that gives me kind of hope is the fact that that amongst the general public, uh, you know, Trump is is not very well liked, um, you know, to say the very least. The other thing that I'll be watching though is what happens to the people to the people who are voting for uh, for Bernie Sanders, who have supported Bernie Sanders at this point. If they say 
you know, if, if they essentially come home to the Democratic Party, to the main candidate, as happened with Hillary Clinton supporters, who were almost as fiercely opposed to Barack Obama in 2008, if they come home to Hillary, then then Hillary Clinton's in pretty good shape. If they decide, well, you know, she's just as bad as he is, um, then uh, she might be in trouble. That said, I mean, I personally find it hard to hard to make that argument, but, you know, there's probably people out there who are thinking that. Uh, would low voter turnout play into this? I mean, I can see the the Bernie Sanders people. I don't necessarily see them voting uh, for Trump is because they don't like Hillary, uh, but will they vote at all? That's a cool... That's another good question, um, and of course, I don't know the answer to that. I do know that uh, lower voter, voter turnout tends to support or tends to help uh, Republican candidates. That said, um, there's a lot that Donald Trump has been saying to inflame, again, you know, to say the very least, uh, for instance, uh, Hispanic voters and women. So it, those are very important Democratic can, uh, uh, constituencies. So if they come out, then uh, again, Hillary Clinton would be in pretty good shape. Uh, let's talk about that. Trump, of course, uh, Trump University being investigated. The judge is Mexican. He Trump saying that he he can't he can't possibly not be biased because his parents were born in Mexico, and we all know where Don Donald stands on the on the wall. Uh, even Republicans are coming out and saying, "Shut up already." Uh, we, we, I, I thought when when it looked like Donald or when Donald Trump became the nominee that he was going to sort of calm things down a bit and bring the party together. That doesn't seem to be happening, does it? No, Trump's Trump's going to Trump. I mean, this is pretty much uh, this is pretty much who he is. And what I found just completely unbelievable. I mean, the whole thing has just been completely unbelievable. But what's been amazing is on the uh, when he was having that well, um, widely reported conference call with his supporters saying, you know, don't, uh, don't try to back off on this, go after the reporters as being the racist, which is absolutely 100% insane. So it's, it's, it's just absolutely uh, unbelievable and pretty much unprecedented in U.S. public life. Uh, do you think the Republican Party right now is working on Plan B for what happens in the future when this doesn't go the way they hope it will? Um, do you mean during the election or after the election? Well, I would certainly say the day after. <laughs> Um, because, I, because what's going to be left of this party? Well, that's the thing is, I mean, a lot of the stuff that, uh, that that Trump is saying, for instance, you know, attacking the judiciary is stuff that you know that the Republican Party has been saying, but just not as blatantly for uh, for a long time now. So, what you end up having essentially is a, uh, or, or well, I mean, first of all, I have no idea what's going to happen over the next several months. But what you, what I kind of see happening is a, a party that is, you know, becoming very nativist very kind of nationalist um, and also very, very unattractive to an increasing number of Americans. So it's, uh, I have no idea how they're going to, uh, to deal with this, but they certainly have uh, damaged the Republican Party to the point that, even, that people are trying to decide, or the Republicans are trying to decide whether it's in their own best personal interest to kind of try to sort of latch themselves to Trump. Or and, and try to say, you know, we don't believe in that racism, but we're still going to support him. And people like Lindsey Graham are saying, you know, we've got to get off this uh, this bull uh, as fast as possible. I'm not even going to say Republicans here. I'm going to say the whole American political process. <laughs> who do we blame for this? H- how did Trump get there? Who who's responsible? Um, well, if you historians of uh, American politics would probably point us back to the uh, the 1960s and uh, and and kind of uh, 
Nixon's embrace of, uh, of Dixiecrats, who are essentially kind of the racist uh, southern rump of the uh, of the Democratic Party that Johnson lost, that Lyndon Johnson lost when they signed all the civil rights legislation. And so since then, they've been kind of uh, the Republican Party has been essentially made a deal with uh, with the devil, essentially you know, being the party of, of, of business and and, uh, and things like that, but also kind of courting this kind of very very kind of racist, very kind of nativist. Um, uh, groups. So it, it, it kind of goes back to that. It's been, this has been building for a long, long time, and it just happens to be uh, exploding uh, this year. Uh, I'm still convinced, you know, so many people have have stood up uh, uh, around the world and said uh, they don't get it. They don't understand it. They're brainiacs. They can explain this. They cannot explain, <laughs> uh, they can explain certain things. They can't explain the rise of Trump. I find that astounding. Because from where I sit, I see this as a total protest vote. And I'm sure I've talked yeah. to you about this before. This, yeah. this is the American people in the only way that they know how in having a voice and saying, I don't care. I'm going to throw a stick in the wheel. I don't like what's going on. And, and, yeah. they, and they have no choice. And it's the only say that they have left. Yes, I think, I think we have talked about this before. And we kind of see that on the, uh, on the Bernie Sanders side. Too, where where seventy plus uh, year old socialist has gotten so, so much of the uh, uh, so much attention and has done so very well. In Good point. Media. Yeah, but you know, and, and when you combine that on the Republican side with what is essentially a lot a lot of racism brought on by the uh, the election of Barack Obama in two thousand eight, which which and who has been continually you know there's been attempts to delegitimize him as not kind of a legitimate president, not a legitimate American. Um, and so this is, and this is who, uh, who got the people that Donald Trump is explicitly playing to. Will this, will this generate a new breed, a new, uh, a different Republican? Um, well, the big problem, you know, going, you know, regardless of what happens in the uh, election in November, is that Donald Trump has moved the, uh, has moved the goalposts and. Has shown that there is a an appetite for the the message that he's pitching, and it's not just kind of like a, a you know kind of like wolf, uh, dog whistles or something like that. But this is you know kind of overt racism stuff that's so far beyond what anyone else has said or any legitimate person has said in public life before in the United States. People are going to see that, and they're going to uh, there's a possibility that they could try and and court that, which is uh, it's a it's a very scary thought. What happened to, to their advantage just being fiscal policy? Good with your buck. Um, you mean for the Republicans? Yes, or any well, conservative for that matter, the conservative yeah. movement. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said before, the, the, the conservative movement, or I should say rather the, the Republican Party, has, has been a, a marriage between, um, you know, kind of like those fiscal conservatives, you know, big business and, yeah. you know, supporting business on the one side, and people very worried about cultural issues. Um, things like abortion, things like things like race, stuff like yeah. that, on on the other side, and it turns out that this is the stuff that people have been really, really caring about. Um, you know, they see that you know the economic policies. If you're poor, maybe you're not going to be getting the best deal from something like the Trans-Pacific Partnership. But at the same time, too, you're the people who have been representing you. The Republicans have been saying, you know, so you know, sure, we support the Trans-Pacific Partnership or we support these trade deals. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're going to ban abortion. We're going to do all this stuff on race. And finally, 
these people are saying, you know, we'll start doing this stuff on race, even, the stuff, even though there was never really the intention by the Republicans to go as far as someone like Donald Trump is saying that they have to go. You know, I just think that more and more conservatives are looking old and, and dated. I mean, we even see this in Canada where, you know, at the conservative convention, after however many years huh. of same-sex marriage, they finally realize, they're gonna, you know, that's the way it's going to be. It's like... Uh, you know, I'm sure everybody just looked at that and said, well, that's just another reminder of how outdated they are. Yes, it's, and, you know, the Conservative Convention and that discussion is a, a you know, good reminder that Canada and the United States are very, very different countries. Very you know, true, very true. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're facing a lot of, you know, we're facing the same problems and, and stuff like this, but we, we've got a different political system and things work themselves out uh, more differently. But in the United States, it's, uh, I think also... We're at, you know, the kind of the conservative or, you know, the kind of free market and these kind of ideas. Um, they've been having a run of about 30 years now, and we're starting to see pushback even on the economic ideas. Hmm. Um, you know, with stuff like saying, you know, we need more of a, a greater role for government and infrastructure. Um, 20 years ago, that would have been kind of laughed out of Parliament or laughed out of Congress. So I think also that, you know, that the, the conservative movement as a whole essentially is, uh, is in need of in need of renewal. It's that kind of a low web itself. Good point. Blaine Haggard has been with his associate professor in the Department of Political Science at Brock University and, of course, talking about Hillary becoming the nominee and Donald Trump just trying to keep himself out of hot water. Uh, Blaine, thanks very much for the time and insight. Much appreciated.